0: May not be that smart and they may not be that
1: pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the Ninny, and with views from the Ninny, and not shoes from the Ninny, and the view from the Ninja. A little three-week break for View from the Ninny, and we're back as the season ends. Um, what a time to return to the podcasting game. As usual, I'm joined by Ben Price and Tom Phillips. Ben Price, it's been three weeks since we last did a pod. What have you been doing with your time? Oh,
0: lots of things. Lots of it, mainly wedding-related. Tip for oh, young I... people, don't, don't get married. It's very stressful. And does your fiancé listen to the podcast? Uh, No, but she's in the room next door, so she could probably hear me say this. All right, you'll probably get a text message in a few minutes saying, why did you say that? No, I think she's in the same at the moment, the way it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Tom,
2: any um, any drama like that for you? No marriages, no planning of marriages.
1: Um. My girlfriend's also listening, and I hope she heard that. <laughs> so <laughs> send a message that way. Um, well, it's good to be back. Um, since we last caught up, I think there's been five, six games of football. Um, the last one being yesterday, where we beat Derby at Pride Park to send them off into League One. Um, with you know, a result that was fitting of this season. One-nil, Jordan Hugo with the goal. Uh, in that time, we've also lost to Hull, lost to Luton, lost to Sheffield United, and borough drew with brum beat derby an absolute smorgasbord of results there ben can we say is it safe to say that this season
0: petered out yeah i think the fact we didn't pod for a few weeks showed that Uh, (laughs) it was just very much a oh, can we please just hurry up and finish this sort of season as soon as we were safe it felt very much like (laughs) i'm done i just want to go i just want the season to be over and see what happens with the club going forward because From everything through to press conferences, nothing has been about the games coming up and what's coming up with Cardiff in the next few weeks. It's all been focused on the summer and next season.
1: Yeah, Tom, um, it feels like the whole, you know, as as Ben said, securing safety was like a a sigh of relief where everyone could almost effectively down tools. We've seen Morrison chop and change a team each week. He's kind of focused on the players who are going to be here next year. We've seen people like Phillips and Nelson come back in. Rolls, Volks, Flint, Smithies have been less used, injuries, but also because of contracts. Um it's it's strange, isn't it? Because Cardiff City are very rarely in a position where nothing, when the season doesn't matter. We're usually either fighting for the playoffs or battling relegation or something like that. You know, it just felt like there's been nothing to play
0: for.
2: Yeah, it's the first time I can remember where I really look forward to the end of the season. Um, like you said, it was such a relief when, you know, we were mathematically safe. But like even before that, it felt inevitable that we were just with the we'll Survivor Championship, be underwhelming, and just kind of peter out, and by God, as it petered out. Like, I think you can tell by the apathy of the fans. I think it's great that we ended on, like, an away game at Derby for a little <laughs> bit of excitement, you know. It's one Fancy dress. Everyone, yeah, especially because they were already down as well, so we could really go and enjoy the occasion. But, yeah, it's been a real slog, and, like, trying to think back to the beginning of the season, it feels like a completely different season. Yeah. Like, some of those results I keep forgetting was this year. And, yeah, it's been a real, real grind. But
1: uh, we're here now and we're still in the championship. So it could have been... We are still in the championship, unlike Derby County, who have been relegated. um, And they could be out of business within a couple of days. Who knows? It's not for me to say. Um, Ben, talking about the Derby game yesterday... It was your classic end-of-season uh, tear-up. There was a lot of fancy dress. I think there was a special shout-out to uh, Wario or Mario and Luigi running around the Derby end with an Italy flag. Um, I saw some snowmen uh, bopping around at Pride Park. Um, we beat them,
0: Um and that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, the game certainly happened. It was certainly played, not to a very high intensity from either side. Uh, I was watching it thinking this felt pr- it had the f- proper feel of like a testimonial the first 35 minutes nothing happened and it cannot be worth traveling all that way to derby for a half past 12 kickoff and deal with that first 35 minutes of football sweating your bollocks off in a snowman costume at 20 degree heat in May. but fair yeah. play to the lads that went because that, that's some fucking track
1: yeah tom it feels like the story of the season really is you know through all the bad football, all the bad times, through all the upheaval, uh the Carter City fan base hasn't really wavered. Um, you know, the away games I've been to, um, you know, what's it two and a half thousand in Blackpool earlier in the season, sort of two thousand at West Brom in the depths of winter. There were two thousand there yesterday. I think Middlesbrough Middlesbrough midweek was the only game where we didn't really sell our allocation. And that was because it was Middlesbrough on a Wednesday. So we only sold 150 tickets, which is fair enough. Um it's nice, isn't it, Tom, that uh, even when the, the chips are down and everything's going tits up, our fans are, are still very much there for the team.
2: Yeah, I think the reason we were there for the team was at the beginning of the season, we had hope. Yeah. And then when the hope completely went, we went, fuck it, let's enjoy ourselves instead.
0: And yeah. I think I know we'll
2: get onto this later on with like our high points and low points, but every high point was just enjoying ourselves in the stand. There wasn't much on the field to enjoy. It, and I think that kind of helped in a way because some of the early games were miserable and people were getting on people's backs so I think yeah. at least as a club I think we're a bit more united than we would have been six months ago at the end of this season and I think yeah people have had a great time I've had a good time as a fan it's just when you start going into the football it gets a bit more depressing
1: yeah and I think we'll try and avoid as much of the football as possible <laughs> um, <laughs> um Ben do you think <laughs> Do you think it's, it could be a good thing that we've had our, our kind of expectations reset? I think, obviously, the last couple of seasons, obviously the first season when um, we came down from the Premier League, started well, Warnock tailed away, went into the middle bit, which was bad, but then we rallied for the playoffs. Last season, under Harris, started badly, rallied in the middle under McCarthy. We got to eighth and it was like, well, oh, actually, next year we can kick on. This season started badly and now the fans seem to have this well, we just seem to don't really have any expectations going into next season because we know there's a rebuild coming, which we'll talk about. Um, do you think it'll do us good that we won't be going into a season next year thinking we have to get to the playoffs or it's game over? I
0: don't know if it'll do us good, but I think it'll do the players and the club a bit good. Um, there's an unknown going into next season now, and I think that's going to bring some of the excitement back because I think mm-hmm. the key word of this season, I think, for most fans has been apathy. Mm-hmm. And going from that to excitement and sort of, into into the unknown of what's to come with next season it's bringing a mixture of excitement and fear so at least there's something there because for the last 18 months we've not really had that with the club so hopefully it draws people in the interest is back like even from everything's going to be new from players right through to like the kit manufacturer yeah so quite exciting this like a fresh chance now and sort of we can try and build back up to sort of like the good old days Sort of like try and get that feeling back that was there under Warnock, while Warnock was there the first two years and build on from that. Steve Morrison in
1: particular isn't happy about the kit manufacturers. He's been moaning about trainers um, this week because apparently the kit man's ordered a bunch of new trainers. New Balance trainers are nice. 990s are a classic. They're very expensive. If New Balance want to send me a pair, I keep asking on Twitter, but maybe I'll listen to the podcast and send me a pair of
0: 990s. I'll appreciate that. I um, think that was a great start to the new relationship with the kit manufacturers. First Steve Morrison's announced is Steve Morrison going? Well, I'm after JD Sports to buy my own because they're minging. Well, hopefully you he can, he can expense them to the club. Um, Tom,
1: we will talk a little bit about the football yesterday. Um, and I, the one thing I want to talk about is Eli King. Um, he came in in the midfield. We've obviously seen a lot more youngsters coming in over recent games. Denham's played particularly well. Um, but uh, I think it was Eli King who caught the Yes, the yesterday with his, his assist for um, Hugo's goal. Um, it's exciting, isn't it, that, that players like him can come into the team even when the chips are down and, and, and show that they're worthy of probably starting games going into next season.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it was a great way to end the season in that regard because there was a lot of youngsters on the pitch. And because of that, when we scored... It mattered. You can yeah. see that they they were absolutely buzzing off it. You know, there's still 2,000 Cardiff fans there jumping up and down because of something you've done on the pitch, and that will live with those players. And we've had flashes of it, like little bits of moments of like brilliance from these players. So hopefully now they will get a chance next year to kind of string a few performances together. But it was a lovely assist, you know, put a defender on his ass and mm-hmm. slotted it across for a typical Hugo finish. But yeah, I, I'm I'm excited in that regard that I mean, we have got these youngsters and hopefully. They're not just one-off performances from them. They they do put like these performances together in a, a big bunch next season.
0: It was nice ben- to see King get that assist as well, because he was pulled off. I was gonna say it again, he was taken off at half time.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um the other week. Oh, what game was it? Last home game of the season, Birmingham. Birmingham, one yeah. one. Yeah, he was taken off then at half time. And he, he wasn't the issue. Like he, I felt it was a bit unfair for him to be subbed then halftime so for him to come back out and start the next game and do really well and get an assist. I think it's really good for his confidence as much as anything else. I mean it's not an, you know Steve Morrison he, he doesn't
1: he doesn't have form for doing stuff like that, does he? It's not something no, we've seen before like from him. him. Not like him at all. It was I think he's just a bit acted out shall we say at the end of the season. Um moving on uh, obviously we've talked about Derby but Tom let's have a you've already mentioned it kind of looking back over the season. Um going back to last August when we started the season with optimism and hope in our hearts, Um, Kiefer Moore in attack, Mick McCarthy on the bench. Um, It does feel like a completely different season, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I I forgot that we started okay to the season. Yeah, like We strung a couple of results together. We had the world's best player, Marley Watkins, playing for us as well. Um, And yeah, it's just mad because I think that kind of heightened our expectations a little bit. We put a couple of good results together at the beginning and then it couldn't have got any worse.
1: So and if you look at if you look at the, I'm just looking at August now. Won all with Barnsley to start the season, beat beat Sutton in the EFL Cup, beat Blackpool away two 0 drew drew away two all with Peterborough in in the Aiden Flint um Derby, and then we beat Millwall at home three uh, one, in August. Obviously, we lost to Brighton in the Cup, lost to Bristol at the end of August. But that sort of five out of six unbeaten in the league in August. And you know the Blackpool game I remember in particular, thinking two 0 It was a masterclass in. In, in, in the way we played. And then all of a sudden it fell apart, didn't it, Tom?
2: Yeah, and that's putting it lightly, isn't it? Like, we was it, lost eight in a row, scored one, conceded 19. We would get absolutely battered week on week. Like, that five one at Blackburn, yeah. like that was just humiliating. And it just got worse and worse each week. And, you know, we, we tend, as a fan base, to turn on people a little bit, but this... This was completely justified, right? And it it was just, it's it's the most miserable I've ever been as a football fan, knowing, going into every game, that we're unlikely to score. We've got five defenders, or six defenders, uh, five centre-backs, sorry, on the pitch, but we're still going to concede five goals. Like, nothing made sense. And, yeah, I'm glad it feels like a lifetime ago, because I think it took me a while to get over it, and all of us, I think.
1: I'm looking at the, that run of results now, Ben. There was a 1 0 loss to Coventry, a 1 0 loss to Bournemouth, a 5 1 loss to Blackburn. We lost at home 4 0 to West Brom, 1 0 at home to Reading, 3 0 to the Jacks. Fulham beat us 2 0. And then the final straw was obviously the 2 uh, 0 loss to Middlesbrough in October. Um, ha- can you remember a time like that as a Cardiff fan where we just went into every game? I went into every game just thinking, we've lost this. There's no, like, if a goal went in, there was no point even playing the rest of the game because we were never going to come back.
0: I felt less optimistic about games against Blackburn this season than I did when we were in the Premier League against teams like Man City. Yeah. yeah. That's just a bizarre feeling to know that sort of, again, it was just going and going, like, there's no point. I know we're not going to win this. And then that little tiny bit of hope you had, I just remember constantly being dashed when I saw the team sheet and we were playing 17 centre-backs. Just all of that combined, just, oh, yeah, it was just a miserable period that really, Again, it does feel like a lifetime ago, though. But, yeah, just all of it. Is... I remember that um,
2: Fulham game where we lost 2-0, thinking, oh, bloody hell, that was all right. We only lost 2-0 there. I mean, yeah. We had one head Kiefer on Moore target. hit the bar. Yeah, and it was just like, bloody hell, how times have changed. Like, And it, it just felt like it was overnight. Because it was it, it. was kind of unfortunate that we lost that game to Bristol City, kind of going into an international break. I remember thinking, if we put win that, still unbeaten in the league, kind of going into that, maybe... I'm massively clutching here, but it felt like the feel good factor was kind of ripped from underneath us losing the derby, and then it just unravelled. For and like um, even that one, the one nil losses we had, like the one against Coventry away, it was, was horrific, absolutely woeful. It was just um, oh, it was depressing. Time, sorry, Ben. Move,
1: move. I was just looking at. I was, I was just looking at our uh, the fight the lineup that he started against Middlesbrough and Kieran Brown played at left back, um, which just kind of it, it, I, I I'd forgotten he played for us this season um, and it was Ryan Giles was on the wing um which again feels like a different lifetime ago. Um Tom obviously after the Middlesbrough game he was sacked Steve Morrison came in and didn't get off to the most auspicious of starts went three nil down in the first half against Stoke or two 0 down then a goal quickly after half time. At that point at that halftime did you think it was you know right this season off because we were two three nil down quickly in the second half and it didn't look like it was getting any better. I appreciate it was the first game, but it felt just a continuation of the bad stuff. Yeah, I was looking at league one aways at that point, like say, like grounds I hadn't visited, and it
2: just felt like we were just spiralling and it wasn't going to get any better at that point. And, and then by the end of that game, it, there was that kind of initial excitement that we got back into it, and then it kind of dawned on me, shit, it's still probably going to be a shit show. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why we can't really underestimate the job that Morrison had, I think I'm still not convinced by it. But, you know, it's been a depressing season. But like I said earlier, it could have been a lot worse. Like when it, that 3-0 down in the middle
1: of October to Stoke away, like I, I was definitely thinking the worst. That was the lowest point, wasn't it? And then and I think obviously after McCarthy left, Morrison came in and got the job full time. There's been moments where things have rallied, but we've obviously ended up finishing what? Uh, 18th, 19th in the table. I can never remember exactly where, Um, but we finished 18th. Are you surprised with how low we ended? Are you surprised with how high we finished? I don't really Um, know what the the question is.
0: A different point. It it depends when you're thinking back to a different point in the season. Um, If you'd asked me in middle of December, where did I think we finished? I honestly thought we'd finish in the relegation spots. I thought we Mm -hmm. were going down. Whereas sort of you come to middle of February time, just before the South Wales derby, I thought we might have been on for a top-half push, the way it was going. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite surprised at the way we finished the season. A bit disappointed. But overall, I'm just glad we've not been relegated because we could have been in a lot of trouble. You sort of look at the financial results, sort of the implications there. The season that This summer would have been a lot more scary with that in in the background. But, yeah, it's just glad. I think the main thing from this podcast you'll get from me is that I'm so glad this season's over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so yeah, 18th we finished in the end. Uh, Goals for
1: 50. Um, uh, I think only four or five teams have scored less than us. Goals against 68, finishing on 53 points. If you look at FOTMOB, please sponsor us. Our top rated player was Joe Rolls with 7.2. Marlon Pack, who can't remember last time he played, finishing this in second with 7.1. Our top scorers, Aiden Flint, with six. Uh, Hugel and Colwell with five each. James Collins, remember him down there with three, and then our top assist to Joe Rawls with six. Pack NG Isaac Davis with three apiece.
0: Um, Brian Giles finished our top assist maker, but obviously, because he's not in the squad, he's not listed yeah, he Fop does it doesn't, it, doesn't count on FOP MOB, yeah, so he has he right. since January. yeah, January, yeah, nine assists, so had and he
1: hasn't played since January, yeah, like if that just it was like when you look back at the Warnock season, we got promoted, you had Hoylet Patterson and Zahor on sort of nine or 10 goals each. And you're actually like, well, that's quite nice that they're sharing nine or 10 goals each. You know, it's it's fine. But when you look at Aidan Flint finishing top scorer on six, I mean, Tom, that suggests that no one's covered themselves in glory this season. And Aidan Flint hasn't scored since. Well, he, it, like, had four, he scored in one of the yeah four before. Three games or something, didn't he? At yeah. the beginning yeah. of the season. So he's got two since then. Like, it's about,
2: <laughs> like, like we, we've we lo- we lost half our games this season. Yeah, I think yeah, that, yeah. That, And that's the one thing that sticks out, right? Like, it's just, I'm not used to that. Like, even, it, like, we, we lost a lot of games in the Premier League, but we didn't expect to win games. But to come down, you know, in the Championship and be losing half your games, it's, yeah, like you said, it's a real wake-up call for us as a fan base because we've had some heady days over the last, like, 10 years. We've been spoiled as football fans, yeah. and this felt inevitable. That I, But I thought it'd be a bit more of a kind of gradual decrease down the table, not like a, Bang, straight away relegation threat. But yeah, it is like Aiden Flint top scorer. Like we've had it before, right? With Hudson being top and things like that. But like yeah. you said, goals are spread out. We just didn't score this year, really.
1: I'm having I'm just having a little look at um transfer market for Aiden Flint. So he scored two on match day three and match day four. So that was four goals in two games. Uh, and that was way back in October, uh, August, sorry. He then scored on the 9th of February against Peterborough. That was his first goal since. August. So first goal in four months. Then he scored one more against Hull, and that was enough for him to get top goal scorer of the season for Cardiff City. Um, six goals. Um, Ben, before we move on to looking at back on our predictions and how badly we fared there, have you learned anything this season about Cardiff, about football, about I don't know,
0: your, your favorite players? Um, I've not that's a big question. That I don't really know. I've learned I don't enjoy football and it's not going well when it's going unlike unfun I've learned that I want football to be fun I think it's the main thing from that I want to enjoy it I've learned to take it less seriously I've like otherwise every weekend would have been ruined for the last eight months eight nine months so I've got away from that sort of but I've grown as a person um (laughs) look at the surprises um we were the 23rd worst team at home yeah we lost 12 games at home and we got more points away from home than we did at home a team that was renowned for years of being sort of a bit fortress at home, right? Nillian yeah. Park was always a fortress. The CCS when we first went there was a bit of a fortress. Well I think we've had a good record there since this is probably this is like I know it's the worst season we've had at the CCS. Mm. But to go from there sort of like it's always been a good place and sort of I haven't done any Ways this year. I've not had the time not a lot going on. So like not being able to do it not been too many home games really. So to see all that and sort of when I've been down there I've not enjoyed it. And it's made me question a few things about the club, but I'm going to give them the chance. But, yeah, it's... Well, they seem... They, they've got that... I don't even know
1: if it's an official account, but the Cardiff City Experience account, whatever it is on Twitter, has been asking how they can improve match days. And I think... Just a fan run. just a fan run thing. Oh, can, fan run thing. Then yeah. the club clearly aren't doing anything. So um, I'll take back any praise I was about to give them. Um, um, Tom, any learnings for you? Um, only do away games. Because um, it's a
2: laugh. Uh, and it, the football doesn't matter as much, and I think I've learned that in about ten years' time, this would be one of those seasons where you go, huh, "Yeah, I forgot he played for us," because <laughs> I, 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 I don't think there's many players: Hugo, like, Drama, Doyle, yeah. um, Uche, Uche. Molly Watkins. Actually, Mally I won't Watkins. forget that cause...
0: I, I generally forgot Molly Watkins until you said his name. With what six months since he last since he was at the club, and I forgot he played for us.
2: Goal every thirty nine minutes that man for us.
0: He know, might have the best goal to game ratio in the club in history 2,
2: 2.31 per 90, boys. You know, it's not um, to be sniffed
1: at. He's gone to Aberdeen, and from what I can see, he's only scored three for Aber- Aberdeen so far this year. Well, we got him. Well, clearly, we got him at his peak.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's one of
2: those seasons that kind of you are going to look back and go, ah, uh,
1: no, nobody's
2: like the ones that we're going to say are our favorite players in this year are loan sign in, so we'll never see the light of again.
1: Well, and I, I mean, it says it up. says a lot, right, about the club that Cody Drama won Player of the Year, right? And yeah. He came in in January and we were just <laughs> like, it, that's, uh, that's a, a stain on any player who was at the club at that point and, and has been there the whole season because it shows how badly they performed and it shows just how much we needed a boost in the middle of the season, but he is our Player of the Year.
2: Our Player of yeah. the Year was Ryan Giles, but he was just unlucky that course, he did yeah. the first half rather than the second half. The second Otherwise, half. It, they should have just brought him back for the award ceremony because I've been really depressing for the players. Well, he that wasn't that doing,
1: doing
0: much back. for Blackburn, was he? <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, he wasn't. Um, Anyway... Moving on, my key learning of this year is uh, to use the Manscaped lawnmower 4.0. Here at VFTN, we're all about the smooth moves. Whether it's a Joe Rawls through ball or a Shawnee Moz celebration, we simply love it when things run smooth. And that's why we're big fans of the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. We've been using their lawnmower shaver now for the past few weeks, and let me tell you, it's as smooth as Robert Earnshaw's head down there. I've been using razors and scissors to keep myself trimmed down below, but this device changes the game. Whether it's your plums, your armpits, or your chest, the lawnmower skin Safe technology leaves you smooth and clean without any risks of bumps or nicks. And when you're done, you can use their Crop Preserver deodorant to keep things feeling super fresh down there. It's a game changer. I never knew I needed it, and now I can't live without it. And for our view from the Ninian listeners, we've teamed up with Manscaped to offer you 20% off their Performance Package 4.0. Not only do you get the Lawnmower 4.0 Shaver and the Crop Preserver deodorant, but you also get the Weed Whacker for those of you out there with that excess nose and ear hair we see you and a refreshing crop reviver tonic you'll also get a pair of manscape boxes thrown in as well as a bag to keep all your bits in it's simply not to be missed to get your hands on the very best in male grooming head over to uk.manscape.com and select the performance package 4.0 and at the checkout use the code vftninion for 20 percent off your purchase right um as as is our want as a podcast at the start of the season we Went through a series of predictions, um, as you know, around everything who was going to get promoted, who was getting relegated, player of the year, all that kind of good stuff. And Ben Price, you had the indignity of being the one who listened back to the podcast, pulled out our predictions, and just saw how right or wrong, mainly wrong we were. Mainly wrong, yeah. Um, we could start with the top who is getting promoted.
0: Um, Ben, you went for West Brom and Fulham, uh, yep. so you're half right. Well, it's not just that. I think what stood out for me when listening back wasn't so much the fact that I went for West Brom and Fulham. Fulham did go up, I'll take that. It was the fact that I said West Brom would be clear of the the four in the playoffs easily. Mm. I was that confident how how far along West Brom would go and thought they'd be comfortably promoted. Um, and I guess you were right, because they are clear of the other four comfortably in the playoffs, yeah. but the other way. Yeah, not the way I was expecting it to be. They
1: finished in 10th. Fulham, of course, finished top. Tom, you went for West Brom and Sheffield United, so you were completely wrong. Wow. Yeah. So far, because Sheffield United are in the playoffs at, uh, at this time.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a reason why I'm sitting here speaking to you and not on a comfy sofa in front of a camera, isn't it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that my predictions, they were well off. And again, I was I was extremely confident that West Brom would absolutely fly it. And I think part, I, my bias is I don't want Fulham to do well in anything.
0: Um, that's what so you I, said on the podcast You're oh like, there we go I can't I, I want it I, I think Fulham will go up but I hate them so much I don't want to say this one go United
1: <laughs> there we go so that, yeah um, and and I, I obviously don't hate Fulham so much because I went for Fulham and Sheffield United so I could be the one who is 100% right there because the Sheffield United are in the playoffs they've still got a chance of going up well Fulham, we went top two we didn't do playoffs yeah but we're changing the boundaries now Ben when we're looking <laughs> back just to give us something to cling on to um Who's getting relegated? I'll start with me on this one because I just said Bristol City as if only one team was getting relegated. Uh, Did I not say anyone else, Ben? No. Weird. That is weird. I think think maybe I didn't because I accepted that Derby were probably going to get relegated. Um, and that's All what right. you guys went for, and you guys actually matched up on your um, your relegation predictions. Uh, Tom and Ben, you both went Derby, Blackpool, Bristol City. Um, Derby obviously got relegated; their points deduction proved too much, or they put up a you know quite an inspiring fight. Um, Blackpool actually finished the season in 16th; they flirted with the playoffs for a little bit. Bristol City finished 17th, one place above us, so
0: not too far off. Not too far off. No, but both teams, the two teams I said I was saying we're going to go down were. Blackpool and Bristol and they both finished above us (laughs) yeah directly above us as well so uh, that's probably your fault if anything
1: yeah Um, we talked to player of the year um, and this obviously is a a weird one because we couldn't have predicted that Cody Drama would have been our player of the year because he hadn't even signed for us at that point let alone you know had any hope of being player of the year but we can look back at our predictions Um, Ben you went for a Kiefer Moore or Ryan Giles split and as you pointed out Ryan was that sorry? went well didn't it? (laughs) Well, as you say Ryan Charles uh, for the first half of the season was our best attacking player, most um creative player, and Keith Moore, I think, you know, he's gone to Blackpool and shown that. I think what was it that stat earlier? If he if he played the goal every sort of forty minutes or something at Blackpool or whatever it was, and he would if he if he carried for, on the not Blackpool. for Bournemouth, sorry, not Blackpool. I was reading Blackpool as I said it. Um, if he played forty six games for Bournemouth this year, he scored one hundred ninety nine goals. Yeah, um, me so too. So, yeah, exactly. So, I think your prediction would have been right. Tom, you went for Joe Rawls.
2: Don't go far off. Like it <laughs> did okay at times. Like everyone was saying sign the thing, Joe. So, you know, there's still a bit of good feeling around it. Um, so I'll take some comfort from it. I'm not a huge
1: fan. uh I went for Sean Morrison, so um I think we cursed them, didn't we? Really, because Sean Morrison's and both Joe Rawls and Sean Morrison kind of finished up uh the season injured. And no contract, no one knows what's going to happen next. Um, Who ends up our top scorer? Uh, So Aiden Flint slash Ruben Colwell, six and five respectively. They've ended up our top scorer. Ben, we'll come to you first because I think yours needs an explanation. Um, A man who needs no introduction to the fans. uh, Record appearance maker for the last two seasons. It's Isaac Vassell.
0: Now, did you you say this tongue in cheek? Yeah, well, you boys have both went for Kiefer Moore. I was like, "Oh well, sorry. If you're both going for that, I'll do something different." And I still rate Isaac that The goal he scored against Luton when he played was superb, and I thought he might have. I genuinely, right? I think the worst part for me this season, out have anything is I genuinely thought Isaac Fosel might make an impact and actually get some game time. But he he played in pre season,
1: right? He, I think he yeah, played a lot against really Bath in pre season.
0: He looked he looked fit,
1: he looked healthy, and then we it just the usual happened, right? Like. I think what you know, obviously, the, the it, it similar happens with other footballers who've been out for a long time that the injuries just accumulate when you've been out for so long because your muscles aren't used to it. And I think that's he's just broken down at every opportunity. So, listen, it was misguided optimism, but it was optimism nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I had to do something because I was. I think the one thing I'll take away from that is that I wrote off this season before a ball had been kicked. Yeah,
1: I, I think when we look at the rest of the predictions, I think. Um, <laughs> A lot of us, you know, there's there's a, there's a theme to this, right? It's quite nihilistic. Um, Tom, you went for Keith Moore as top scorer. Logical. He was top scorer last season. We thought he was going to be around for another season, but he broke our hearts. He was only one off, wasn't he? He still scored like five. Five, like, I think, yeah. Yeah, he's all five. <laughs> so yeah, he went far off. I said Keith Moore and James Collins because I thought James Collins was going to be the replacement of Kiefer Moore if Kiefer Moore left, but James Collins is even less involved in at the moment than I think he, he thought he would be himself. And watching Luton go into the playoffs must be pretty galling to him. What a signing. What a signing. Who ends up as our villain of the season? Um This is less quantifiable, Ben, um, because you don't get an award for villain of the season, but we could give one, I suppose. We could do our own award. Um You both went for the same person, um Mehmet Dalman. Um
0: has he done enough to be a villain? Like, we don't hear from the guy anymore. Um, The little I heard from him has annoyed me at times. But, uh, yeah, he has been too quiet to be sort of to win that What's award. What's he
1: doing? What's he plotting? I don't know. Is he, he going to try and match again?
0: You know, or, or, like, plan to take over the world. He does look like a Bond villain. Mm. So who knows what he's up to. But um, it was um I don't think it was enough for him to win the award this year of Villain of the Year.
2: I think We're still at these <laughs> moments of being a prat, didn't he? Like in terms of like we definitely won't appoint Steve Morrison as manager, and then yeah. appointed Steve Morrison as manager. So it was just like he doesn't say anything, and when he does, he just doesn't. It's talk mad syndrome,
1: sense. isn't it? He puts yeah. pops his foot in his mouth, and then everything looks bad. Um, I, I said Mick McCarthy the villain of the season. Um, so I think I was probably closest to the truth on that front. Um, I think I don't, he has to win it, doesn't he? he I don't the, think yeah. I've seen, a, as we talked about earlier, a fan base turning a manager that quickly and that toxically. Like, I remember Fulham away, he seemed almost scared to come over and wave for the fans. Um, and I'm quite proud of that because fuck him. He was a prick.
0: Yeah, I've never I'm been glad to see someone lose their job. Yeah, yeah, I I, just, I, I, I like
1: that final interview where he's like, what do you think I train them for each week to go out there and play like that? It's like, well, what the fuck are you doing then, Mick? Because it's clearly not working. You're clearly doing something for him to go out and lose nine games in a row, you twat. Um, scapegoat of the season. Funnily enough, I didn't say Nick McCarthy for this one. I said Josh Murphy. Um, he's barely been at the club, so I don't think I got that one right. But uh, Tom, you said Pack and Bakuna, and I think you're half there. Oh, I, um, I I I back it well. Bakuna one hundred percent,
2: and rightly so. And Pack, to be honest, we a lot of our fans turned on him because yeah, yeah. he had a couple of games we strung a few passes together. And we thought here we go, and then he was absolutely useless. And so I, yeah I I because my predictions have been atrocious. I'm claiming that one as a win for myself
1: of course i i completely get that and and ben you went with a player who i also forgot i played with us this season uh lee tomlin um yeah. who we released back in october um I, I don't even know how if he played at all this season didn't make the bench once didn't make the bench once i think he may have played in pre-season because if you look at the wells online article there's a photo of him in the new kit which makes you think he popped up somewhere um but he was released back on the i think, the 4th of October. Um, I think the official ruling was um, we'd had enough of his shit. Um, yeah. It's it's a, b- a bizarre one, isn't it, Ben? Because obviously under that Neil Harris season, he had that run of sort of... But when you look back on it, he's barely strung together anything beyond sort of 10 to 12 appearances in a row before going off injured or whatever. But in that Neil Harris season, he had those 12 appearances where he was on fire. We'll remember the Leeds game where he had that amazing assist and amazing goal, got the new contract
0: and then fell apart. It's just psychological, isn't it? It's such a shame. There's such a talented footballer in there. Yeah, completely. There's stuff going on in his head that just doesn't seem for him to be able to bring it out. He's gone to Walsall now, and he's had five appearances since he signed there back in January. Um, Mm -hmm. One assist and done absolutely nothing since. Um, It's a shame to see a player like that, such naturally gifted footballer. Not so much, he's not like a natural athlete, but he's a natural footballer. To see him to No, i don't think i don't think lee Tomlin knows the meaning of the word athlete let no. alone could be classed as an athlete um yeah,
1: so it's a shame man it's a real big shame but yeah it's a shame it, because you know. it seems to happen wherever he goes but like you said there's you know he's talked about his um is he's been very open about his mental health struggles and to be honest if as long as you know he's he's working on that and being happy then that's probably the, the most you can ask for really with a player like him right um, yeah, and just hopefully that he's getting the help that he needs. Um, so it's, a, we, it's a strange. Sorry, it's a strange one with him because you know there's a lot of people who've like come
2: in and out of the team with us, and fans will get annoyed at for not putting a shift in. But he's one of those ones. If he came back, I think a lot of fans would still love him. Just he got a lot of great he? because mo- yeah, a lot of moments of magic. Like and his highlights real is fantastic. It's just yeah. everything in between those
1: highlights is nothing. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it's yeah, it is a real pity that one. It's a real pity. Hopefully he can get a good preseason season with Walsall if he stays at Walsall and, and be back next year. Um, four more predictions to go. We went bold prediction of the season. Um, let's go with you first, Ben Price. Tomlin won't play 90 minutes all season slash won't play 12 games. We covered both bases there. Um, won't play a single 90 minutes or in 12 games. Um, but you were correct. He didn't. Yeah, just he didn't complete,
0: didn't complete 90 minutes for us or for Warsaw. And, nope. yeah, didn't make the total of 12 games. Played five games all season. It's a shame. Uh, Tom, you
1: went with Sean Morrison to score 10 goals this season. Um, yeah. He got three in 16, which means if extrapolated over the 46-game season, he probably would have got eight or nine. So he weren't a million miles off if we're doing, you know, projecting. And, and he would have warmed up
2: a bit as well with a bit more game time. so He had been more prolific.
1: So, again, yeah. I think at least half a point to me there. Half a point for you there. And I went with Josh Murphy will start zero games this season. And I was spot on. um I don't think he's barely even started for Preston. I think, in fact, did, Preston sent did. him home about three games early in his loan spell. So he um, didn't start a
0: game for Preston either.
1: But, and while we're here, we do get to say this. Apparently, if you read the press, Steve Morrison is considering giving them a chance in the summer. Oh, Tom, no. will we see the best of Josh Murphy next season? Oh, please! I, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't accept a serious answer because you've both put for the for the listeners at home. They've both leant back in their chairs, put their hands, their heads in their hands. Um, so I think that answers that question. So we'll move swiftly on to the next prediction, which is about our good friends down West Swansea. Uh, we predicted how they would finish. Um, they finished fifteenth, a couple of spaces above us. Well done, Swansea. Um, Ben, you went bottom half of the mid table. What does that mean?
0: Around fifteenth. <laughs> oh no! Uh, yes. You don't get it. to claim that. It. No.
1: <laughs> bottom half of the mid table for me suggests no higher than tenth, no lower than
0: fourteenth. Well, bottom half is below twelfth, isn't it? So no, but you yeah. said bottom half of the mid table. Yeah. So, so mid table be- is the middle of the table. You know. Oh, yes.
1: I'm not giving you that. You're not having I'm it not right.
0: claiming. It. I'm not having it. It's, you it, did it just was-
1: try and claim it.
0: Well, I was taking the piss, but <laughs> yeah, I was sort Tom, of... You... Go on, go on, Ben. 12th, I was sort of thinking 13 14th, to be honest. All right, Tom,
1: you were slightly more optimistic for them, weirdly. You said 10th.
2: <laughs> well, because, yeah, well, we'll come on to what I said about Cardiff. So uh, I put them below us, and this makes me look like I'm a bloody jack-lover again. I, mean, I hate this, but yeah, from down <laughs> I west, said right? they'd finish below us, considerably below us. And I, yeah, I wish they, yeah, I, I'm going to take that back, to tenth. Sorry, I apologize to everyone.
1: And I went for, I went for twelfth. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I thought they would have you, you, you uh, your classic under a new manager, normal season where they spark a few wins, they lose a few games, and it would have just been something to build on for next year. Um, and they actually finished. What was the only thing to end fifteenth? So and a Wasn't bad run off. at the end. They, they've like lost, they like
2: the last five games, like three draws, two losses. And now, yeah. hopefully, they'll have their impending fire, fire and sale. they well if all the,
1: if all the the reports. Do you believe Piro's on his way out for a substantial amount of money? Because so I think he managed to get twenty goals this season. Uh, Martin got booed by the by the home fans in the last game of the season. Uh, they lost to the QPR one 0 <laughs> no. Yeah, there's a small section of booing apparently. So, um, I, uh, the, apparently the frustration is that he doesn't shake his possession at all costs. Kind of, you know, and I think the thing is they've gone from Steve Cooper who just valued winning games so it didn't really matter about the football to martin who values passing the ball around at the back they've gone from one one extreme to the other they booed steve cooper despite him being fucking successful and now they're booing martin for passing it around so i don't know what they want i don't even think they know what they want um i won't say the obvious joke there 10 game prediction um we were consistent uh, as a club we were 18th then we finished 18th in the season our 10 game prediction i said 8th you know i thought we'd be there or thereabouts. Tom. Uh, do you want to, well, we'll go to Ben first and then Tom will come to you to explain yours. Ben, you said 12th, um, which I think kind of probably fair enough, really. Mid-table at that point. We, were, yeah. we didn't start well. It, it looked kind of fair. But Tom, you said third. Yeah. <laughs> um, you,
2: you look at our first five games, it was all. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. That's all, that's all I've got.
1: All right, and then we'll go to the end of season predictions where, Ben, you stayed consistent with 12th. Well done, you were the closest. Uh, so we'll give you a point for that.
0: You talked me up to push me higher because I was properly like, oh, sure. we're in trouble here, lads. And like, So I us. went for it to not feel bad.
1: Shouldn't listen to us. Because um, this is our predictions. Uh, I was sixth. I thought we'd scrape a playoff base because under McCarthy, we'd started well. He got us close, then we fell away a little bit. I thought six would be, you know, hopeful. We might scrape a sixth. Tom, you were... You're very confident in saying fifth. Yeah. Again, yeah, I thought we'd have a
2: great start to the season and fall, fall off a little bit to fifth. Um, as we run our bit of steam with a, a bit of a thin squad. I think I also said that we wouldn't turn on Mick. Yep. Especially. Yeah. Did say that. Good. Um, Yes. Yeah, and true. I mean we
1: turned on him so quickly. Yeah, it's
2: been, a, it's been a pleasure. And I don't expect to be put back on the pod after reading back through this. Well, I listen, I'm, I'm not, saying, you me. know,
1: the, the club, the club is undergoing a lot of change. View from the Ninian is undergoing a lot of change. Both your contracts are up for discussion. Um, I've given myself a year extension. Um, it is my brand, it is my thing that I started 12 years ago. So there'll be some discussions going into the offseason. Um, listen, the money, the money's not great there is no money in this as we all know we're not earning anything from doing this we're barely covering costs um so there's going to have to be some cuts um but I, listen we'll discuss this with your agents alright yeah yep. um well, that was our our review of our season previews um and on, over on twitter we asked for your kind of season recaps everything else uh, we had a, a a plethora of replies i'll run through these now asking you questions in between ben and tom um start with a, a really Really nice one. Uh, I think this sums it up beautifully. Um, and it's what football's all about, really. Nigel Harris, Nigel Blues. Least enjoyable season this century. Least connected with the team. Worst home results possible in my entire lifetime. Worst output from our experienced players. Worst manager in Mad Mix since Alan Durban, Worst tactics ever. Brackets five centre backs. Enjoyed the loans and the kids. Glad it's over.
0: Enjoying the kids. I
1: mean, you know, Isaac Davis, um, Eli King, Ben, why'd you make it weird? <laughs> Um, I think Nigel's got his spot on. Ross Munro thought the Peterborough game was our only complete performance of the season. Drama was outstanding. Liverpool away was decent considering the side we had out. We stuck at it. Negatives far too many but whole atmosphere around the time of McCarthy going was horrendous. Uh, Joff Ducey best bits some cracking away trips. My Sunday in mascot for the Blackpool game. Worse probably the home form under Mick McCarthy. I've experienced far far worse seasons though when off the field incidents meant more. Milo Davis, highlight for me is Blackpool away. Sunny August afternoon, a comfortable victory-only scoring headers. Oh, how positive things looked. Lowlights being the afternoon of the double, and the moment I opened my phone to see five centre-backs for the first time, bring on next year. Tom, we were at Blackpool away. Missed the first goal because we were for a beer. Um, I think it was Bakuna who scored that. Um, I mean, it was all downhill from him from there. But the last goal was a brilliant ball by Volks so a lovely cross by Giles. Kiefer Moore scoring with a lovely head, and we thought we were on, the, on our way to the playoffs, didn't we?
2: Yeah, it's bad that the highlight is the beginning of the season. And I like the very beginning of the season. But we're two players who don't play for
0: us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, we only scored headers till like September as it's like well. Seven yeah. or eight goals, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, what times?
2: Yeah. Anything else about Blackpool, Tom? I just had a thoroughly good time. It was you great.
1: Were, you were on a stag and you did run, run into Gary Madine in sc- Scruffy McMurphy's or whatever it was. Oh, uh, something Mars, wasn't it? That's Scruffy Mars or something? I don't know. It was a shit though.
0: But it was the best <laughs> part
1: of football. But yeah, <laughs> it says a lot. Uh, Paul Brinkworth, worst part of the season is losing my great mate, Mr. Philip Dwyer. Yep, rest in peace to an absolute club legend. Uh, Gareth, best part of the season was the Academy and Young Young Yup young lone players they saved the club worst put worst part was watching a team put out five center backs and not get the hint it didn't work but continued sensing a theme here uh reese davis best bits has to be the emergence of davis king den and baggan and the rest so refreshing to see us producing players for change excited to see how the rebuild shapes up ben that's something to be said isn't it despite the the season being as bad as it was we've been craving a kind of plethora of youth players coming through and all of a sudden we have five or six you could, in theory, be starting every game next year. You know, they don't look out of place. They look ready.
0: Yeah, that's probably, it could be a thing this season in three, four years' time we could look back on as like a necessary evil sort of reset the club. Yeah. And give us the building blocks to go forward. But um, yeah, it's been a struggle. But yeah, if it's a necessary evil we have to go through, then happy days.
2: I'm a bit worried, yeah. though, the whole Colwell situation starting to, the fact he doesn't get, Loads and loads of game time, and we're not playing him as much as I thought we would. I'm a little bit worried it won't come into fruition like we think it will. And sorry, I'm put a massive downer on it now. I am a little bit worried about
0: it. No, I'm concerned.
1: I, but I, th- I think he sh- I think he's shown enough to know that there's a player there. I just think the biggest issue is at the moment is we don't know what position to play him to get the best out of him. And I, I don't necessarily know what the answer is to that because Morrison should know. He coached him in the youth setup. Um, and if Morrissey doesn't know, then maybe the concern is necessarily that he's not going to be a good enough player. It's just how do we get the best out of him?
0: My hope is it's to, the only reason he's not played is because we haven't got a team to play around him. And we sort yeah. of structure the team in a way that sort of brings the best out of him because he's clearly at his best when he plays in a 10. I think everyone can see that. He's not a wide player and he's not a striker. Put him in the 10, sort of give him that free roaming role. And I think we've got a talent there for the next few years that can really develop you need better supporting players you need good wide players you can't really do an effective number 10 with wing backs
1: i went on podcast pal droid um this week you should listen to it it's about basically all about the youth um the youth set up cardiff and all the players who are coming through for wales and the thing that they said about colwell um, one of the presenters said was that colwell just almost doesn't look like he fits into his body yet like he's yeah. still had his late growth spurf and he's still yeah. not quite he's a bit gangly he's a bit like bambi and i think it might take a summer for him to get used to to that again and then start again next season I still think I think this season we can you know you can put it down to it being a really disjointed season like he started a little bit under McCarthy who's coming in then he was out the squad for a little bit he went with Wales and he scored his first Wales goal and he's got more involved as the season's gone so I think it's a pivotal summer for a lot of the youth players because it's how they bed into the team properly. You know, we're still, to an extent, using them itty-bitterly. You know, we, we see King come on, we see Hughes come on, we see, we see Denham come on. Um, so hopefully we'll see more of that next year. Uh, CJ Hunt, this felt like a necessary season to finally evolve the playing style and philosophy. Some of it forced upon us by financial circumstances, but for me, we have a proper clean slate to build something beautiful. Luke and shepard best fits, Mick Levin, Steve Morrison, all the young lads coming through, the lone players, the games between the end of January and the loss to Swansea. Liverpool away for 53 minutes worst bits every game McCarthy was in charge and the Swansea doob uh, Reese Jenkins friend of the pod and a doctor my best bit was having a lovely time with friends and meeting a bloke called Man'shead Tom who is Man's head? Uh Manzhead is a Cardiff fan from Camarvin who is
2: called Manshead because when he was a child he had a head like a man <laughs> does he still have a head like a man uh, yes he's grown into it now so Andrew Knight if you're listening hello
1: <laughs> um, Sam Hill 180. Best bits, Morrison as gaffer, an evolving philosophy, core squad of academy players. Flinty being top scorer in the champ at one point, even though the wo- novelty soon wore off. Colwell Screamers also signed the thing, Gareth Bale. Worst bits, MMNTC, Swans games, and the five centre backs phase um uh, jake super smithy um best bits the youth movement qpr away worst bits the doob and the woeful final league position oliver reese it's getting to the point now i'd rather take a lower league finish and do the double over the jack jacks i think that's been the sting of the season the fact we lost all four derby games we need to sign players who get it and would we'll die for the badge especially in those games k49745 Best part had to be QPR away from me, just a classic away day. Worst has to be stood in the away end at the Liberty City and Mick choose to put five centre-backs out again. Ben, that will always be galling, won't it, that he chose to play five centre-backs?
0: Yeah, it will never make sense in my head. Um, it wasn't like there weren't options available. It wasn't like we were in such a bad way with injuries that we, did. we didn't have any options. He had to do that. It was... A bloke seemingly thinking this was the tactic to shore us up and sort of help us not just win game. Well, he was clearly not looking to lose. And yeah, we lost he failed. big time. That West Brom game when that came out, and the that fir- I think that was the first time we saw the five centre backs. Yeah. Oh, God, it was just brutal.
2: Yeah. I've never watched a manager and thought he's trying to get sacked, but I honestly think he was trying to get sacked
0: in the end.
1: I think you're right. I, I just feel like he was pushing it as far as he could to see just how bad things got um, and before it was the inevitable happened basically and it did happen after that mid- Middlesbrough game uh game. So Sir David Carter, not enjoyable, but to see some of the younger players come through as well as the club being seen as a credible development home by Leeds and Man City is a step forward. The reality is that our experienced pros haven't been good enough, so recruitment has to be better in the summer. I've just lost the tweet, so I need to reopen a window. Talk amongst yourselves, lads, while I find it again um because there was a login issue
2: <sighs> tell you what we're on about that the swansea double i think someone mentioned earlier mm. on that they'd rather finish lowering the table and do the double i think that edge is gone now that yeah. never doing the double over doesn't baby, matter anymore does it i don't think it matters oh. anymore and i think that makes it a bit easier for the games leading up to it and the games after it that so that kind of mm-hmm. pressures off I know they'll always have the, and they've got a bloody name for the dube as well. But like, <laughs> um, you know, it's done now. It's behind us. And I, I'm glad we can kind of move on. I wish it was the other way and we'd won both, but hey ho. Uh, uh,
1: like I said, in the grand scheme of things, this season mattered a, a jot for either team. Neither team was, we would need, we neither of us were fighting for the playoffs. Neither of us at that point were in major danger of getting relegated. So like it could happen, but we'd have to go on a bad run. So them doing a double in, and this is, uh, this is purely me rationalizing it because if I was in their shoes, I'd be milking it for all it's worth. But them doing a double in a season that doesn't matter is probably the best possible outcome if we were going to be the team who got doubled over. And that's effectively yeah. what happened.
0: Yeah, if they had um, done a double and gone, like they were on a team that sort of stormed yeah. to like the playoffs, someone of that way or got automatic promotion, it'd have been horrendous. Yeah, yeah. but realistically it contributed nothing. They finish what two
1: spaces above us. Uh, Mike Hancock, in a sick, twisted way, I've enjoyed it. Best bit, Keith is second against Huddersfield for the sheer relief around the stadium. Worst, almost all of it, except, except the lone players who seem to get the club fans more than people who've been here years. Barnsley away is the example. Craig Keenor, the emergence of the youngsters who will, fingers crossed, come good next year after the turgid season, plus the clear out and refresh we're having. McCarthy, still can't believe how bad he was for us. Then the scumsy game where we imploded, think it was the hope before that made it worse. Connor Griffiths, loads of negatives we could talk about about but the only positives from me plenty of youth great January recruitment a little teaser from Steve that we've already started for next year and the way he's going about it just makes me think we're going in the right direction friend of the pod Gonzo McKenzie lowest the point lowest point West Brom at home I can rationalize bad performances but only one man in the world thought that five center backs would work Best bits, Isaac and Ruben versus Van Dyke. Drama and Doyle, away support. Season felt like an alcoholic hit in rock bottom. Now it's Matt Morrison's 12 point plan for recovery. Robert Corville, worst every Saturday that Mick McCarthy was at the helm. And I said to myself, I woke up at 4 a.m. for this. Best, the youth movement providing hope that 4 a.m.s won't be so bad next season. The general, Glyn Patton. Best bits, Mick going. Academy giving places in the first team. Worst bits, losing to the Wurzels and the Jacks, but it's got to be City as one, whatever. A Bluebird legend, best, some amazing away days and emergency. Of the youngsters' worst Mick Ball and double defeats against the Jacks and the Wurzels. Bit of a theme there. But, Tom, we're talking about highlights, lowlights. Do you have any highlights?
2: The hi- the highlights are definitely, like, the away games, that way we actually pulled up results. So, like, Luton, brilliant. West Brom. West Brom, even a, yeah, a draw at West Brom. Winning a QPR was just brilliant. Like, coming from behind and just that goal out, Colwell scored. Like, on yeah. the away end after that fantastic that's why you go to football games and even early in the season when it was miserable but you know drawing at Peterborough you never think that would be a highlight but it really was um so I think yeah the highlight is just you know going to those away games being there with thousands of fans no matter what's going on in the field and getting the odd result I think it it does weirdly really make it sweeter doesn't it you know if you're completely shit for most of the season when you do finally win something it's amazing so yeah this high they're the only highlights really. Just surprisingly winning games
0: <laughs> Ben any highlights for you um, I've just realised I'm going through now what games I went to and I've just realised I didn't see Cardiff win in person this season so, which is not a highlight but that's not I know it's not a highlight I was trying to look through games and sort of pick out a highlight that I was there for but it has to be then if it have not got one that I sort of saw it it's uh, Colwell's free kick against QPR. yeah just that free kick in the class they sort of just thought oh what, what a boy I think if I had to pick a highlight, it's like this
1: there's, there's a slight return of the gallows humor amongst fans, right? I think I remember when I first started going mid 90s when things were really bad and we were really in like Division, well, Division three as it was then, the nationwide Division three. And it was like the best we could hope for was playoffs. And obviously things started getting better under Herman. And I remember promotions in 99 and, and, and after that. But there was always a sense of kind of gallows humour amongst the fans that we're, we're all a bit mad for doing this and we're all a bit, you know, every every football fan probably thinks that, but it felt like the Welsh edge and the Valley's edge of the Cardiff fans made, made it slightly even more nutty on the, on the terraces and things like that. And I think I remember what, West Brom away where it was just, we took the piss for 90 minutes out of their fans to the point that one of their fans was so furious that he was trying to climb over you know between the stands to try and fight us and yeah i remember him pointing at me and saying i had glasses and i was like yeah wear glasses like it was just it it felt like there was a return of that kind of pure piss taking edge of the fans and i think that that bodes well going into a season next year where it could be really bleak again next year if we don't get the rebuild right
2: yeah, I think that sums up nicely that Galo Seema thing because, like, that West Brom game you're on about, we were going, oh, because we put four passes together. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I was like, that is so enjoyable. I like you're on about that man who's going absolutely wild. He had a seven year old kid next to him, a little, yeah. whatever old he was. And I was just like, oh, this is brilliant because we are so bad that we are winding up other fans for just being in the game. And I think, yeah, I think, like you said earlier on, that brings that reset, right? And not only on the field, but just to the balance of the fans and that humour and hopefully whatever happens next season because we won't have a turgid bit at the beginning it will just be a bit more enjoyable no matter what happens
0: I did enjoy the fans this weekend singing the Viva Gareth Bale song yeah, yeah. that Brilliant. was good
1: yeah well it's just it's just, you, you know the, we, we come back to it but the, the stories of the fans running around with an Italy flag dressed as Mario and Luigi and yeah. all the snowmen and things like that and like people i think i think there's especially on football twitter when you look at all these accounts who just everything is so serious and it's like that's what football's about football is about being petty it's about like you know when when i started going to watch cardiff in 90s 2000s we would we would sing about rodney jack who was playing for crew who'd never played for Swansea, you Jack bastard. And it's like he never, he wasn't, he didn't wasn't from Swansea, he never played for Swansea, but just because he was called a Jack, we called him that. And that's what it's about. It's like this petty vindictiveness. And it's about never forgetting when someone's wronged you. Derby will always be that team who called us Snow Day when there was no game. So of course yeah. we can dress up as fucking snowman when we go to them. Like that, and that's what football's about to And all these fans on Twitter going, Oh, very original. Huh? It was four years ago. It's like exactly it was four years oh, ago. Oh fun. That's it's meant meant why it's yeah. entertainment. Yeah, yeah. it's meant to exactly. be entertainment. We forget that at times, don't we? We're idiots, aren't we? For, like clinging on to a football team who, you know. As, as we've said, like the, the the distance between club and fans has expanded again, and we don't really matter to the club at times, or that's what it feels like. It feels like they could they could almost live without fans to a point. They can't because they need our money, but they just don't really cater for us. And it's like if, if they're not going to cater for us, then we have to take the piss, and we have to go to these grounds and take the piss. And that's what it's about. If you can't have fun while you're losing four 0 then when can you have fun? So,
0: yeah. that's, you you've nailed it there about saying all about the fans, like the distance between the club and the fans, though. Um, like next year, the tickets for Wales for the Nations League have just come out and they're recently priced. Like, And next year, I think like a lot of people, I've got to make a choice to make a Cardiff season ticket or do I do a Wales season ticket for the mm-hmm. Nations League and campaign ticket and sort of pick and choose other Cardiff games. And right now it's not because I don't like, I don't have to swear. I, but it's it's not, so you I, don't get anything back from the club. Like yeah. you, you, put a lot of effort in, and
1: the club don't. You don't seem to get much back from it.
0: I feel so much more valued by the FAW in those few games you go to a Wales, and it's easy because it's easy to say because we're doing well and things are going well on the pitch. And you've got like world class players and stuff like that. But just as an entity as a supporter, I feel much more value from the FAW than I do, or than I have from Cardiff City for a very very long time, mm-hmm. and that comes into it. Like the season ticket sales, like from what sort of has come out, haven't been. Great. They haven't been terrible, but they haven't been great. I think a lot of that is just due to, like, the club not engaging with the fans. You look at how – we haven't spoken about it since they've been on sale, and we got a bit of grief for criticising them. But you look at how the club launched the season tickets, for instance. It was a tweet. There was no build-up. There was no warning. It was just – Well, yeah, I, I posted that tweet, and someone was like, a weird thing to get annoyed about. And it's
1: not, because we're in a – cost. you know – as much as we like to think football's an uh, an escape from the realities of the real world, there's a cost of living crisis, inflation's at 10%, everything feels fucked. And if you're a football fan, like my dad would always, you know, when we bought season tickets, my dad would always be like, right, I've got to think about this. Because whether you put on a credit card and pay it off on a 0% interest rate thing, whether you've got the cash at that point to be able to buy them outright, whether you do the finance thing. All of a sudden, if you just launch it a few days before payday, I think it was like the 23rd of the month they launched yeah. it. It's like a week before payday, a week before the last th- days of the month. When people are looking at their bills that have just gone up, the national insurance rise is just about to hit their pay packets. Food and inflation is going up. If they're, if, they're, if they're thinking about the things they need to cut out of their lives to make a saving, and the season ticket just randomly goes on sale, they'll go, well, I can't buy that now. If they revisit in the summer when things have gone up again, they probably can't buy it then. And so the club should have just at the very least trailed it and said these are the options. They'll come at
0: the end of the month, think about it then or whatever. But they didn't. They just dropped a bombshell. Well, do something get fans excited about it? Give fans a reason. This has been a terrible season Yeah. for most fans. A lot of people haven't enjoyed it. A lot of people aren't going to renew Give them a reason and say, look, this is what you'll be missing out on, and sort of this is why you want to come back next year. Don't just, I'm not saying use players like the reason they want Steve Morris in the picture is because they don't know what players it can be. That's fair enough. But give fans a reason, sort of get something, engage with us, show that you care. Yeah. That tweet was so half-assed, it was just pathetic by them. And it's you you have to look down the road, right? You only have to look down the road of Cardiff
2: Rugby. And they did Yes. they they launched one and they had ex-players driving delivery vans and you know, like going to historic like landmarks in Cardiff and talking about it. And it's just, they did something that engages with fans. They've got nowhere near the budget that the football club have got. And I know we're struggling financially, but the, the, most rugby teams haven't got a pot to piss in. No, and it, yeah. it wasn't an expensively produced thing. It was putting an ex-player in a van. Do you know what I mean? That's all it took. And it, it just goes to show, right, that zero thought goes into these things. And little things like that go such a long way with fans. Yeah. That's all well, it listen, takes.
1: Remember, um, I was gonna talk about low lights next, but I think we've had enough of the depression. So we'll talk about Steve Morrison. Um remember and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer when he came in as manager. Join the, the revolution. Voli- yeah, exactly. Why have we gone join the Mor- Mor- Lucian? That's um, why we haven't, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tried, Tom. I'm trying to do my best I can. Um ben, obviously that you know we 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 talked through um a lot of the fans off Twitter and their kind of highlights and what they're looking forward to. Morrison gets a lot of praise. Um you know, he came in under difficult circumstances. He came in as a caretaker and was given the job full-time.
0: He's done a good job, right? Would you rate rate the season he's had? I think he's done well. It's not an easy place to come. I think he's done well. He can do a lot better. There's a lot of things he needs to improve on, but you've also got to give him a bit of slack. This is his first real management job. It can. It, it, he, he's going to make mistakes. Um, what do you want, like a score out of 10? or Whatever you want to rate it, mate. Interpretive dance, um, poem. Um. With Shadow Puppets, I rated a B minus. B minus. Um, it's pretty good. Room for improvement, Tom. I'll go after your classic out of 10. Uh, I'd
2: say six. Like I think it, it like it helps following such a shit show. Yes, that's mm. the reason why we're being a bit more lenient, and that's why he probably deserves credit. But there's been moments this year where you know I've been pulling my few remaining hairs out, where like you know we've gone, we've ended. I know we've had there's nothing to play for, but we've ended the season a bit of a damp squib. We put a good match together, we put four results unbeaten, but there's been a lot of shit in between as well. Like that that defeat the Swansea is was just embarrassing. And yeah. I don't think we could gloss over that, you know. Um, I think there's been decisions at times pulling youth like off the pitch and, and blaming them that yeah. you know that'll take a while to heal as well. You know, and like you said, he is a new manager. But and we've seen signs of like the, the January market, for example, him and the wider team did a fantastic job. So I think it's that kind of he's done some brilliant things and there's been some absolutely terrible moments as yeah. well. So
1: I'll give it-I it, won't
2: give it a five, I'll give it a six
1: for that. I think reason. six is fair, right? Because he had to come in and steady the ship, he had to plug gaps with um, you know, where we had injuries, he's, he's not really had a full complement of players to pick from throughout the year because obviously Morrison's been injured. When Morrison's been injured, Rouse has been injured. When if Rouse is not injured, Volks is injured, so he's not had his first choice team at any point. Um, players haven't helped him. Um, we've kind of we mentioned him as one of the scapegoats, but Bakuna's tackle against Bournemouth away, you know, so there's been oh, Christ, that's I not the only about that. That, forgotten about. It. That's not been the only moment where players have let him down. So um, I guess the the question, Ben, Ben is we talk about him, you know, you, you gave him a B minus. You've had a six out of 10. I'd probably give him the seven out of 10 to be slightly more favorable to him. Is he the right man to take us into the rebuild in the summer? I think we'll do a whole episode about the rebuild when we know the retained list and all that kind of stuff. I think the retained list is due at any point soon. Um, we kind of know what's going to happen anyway, but is he the right man to take us? He's, he's talked quite bullishly about signings. He said that we've already basically agreed with a couple of, um, of players already.
0: Um, do you think he's the right man? Yeah, for me, I think he is. There's a lot of improvement he can do, and I think he needs to take some accountability on himself to improve himself, not just the team. But, yeah, I think right now he is the right man to take this forward. He's got an idea, he's got an identity, which is something the club's lacked for a long time. Let's give, let's hope the club give him the time and the resources, sort of put the identity in place, then sort of judge him again and sort of see how he does from there. But, um, yeah, we, we've been screaming for identity for a while. He's starting to give us that. Let's go forward with it. There's no point changing now.
2: Have we got one, though? I'm I, a little bit more. I, I I like what he's doing, right? He's kind of tinkering with it. He's had kind of a, almost like a free hit, right? And he's definitely the best man to be there at the moment because he was with the youth. You know, he knows the young players coming through. He's had this free hit this season once we stayed up of like tinkering with things. And he's now going to get a full summer as well. But I don't think we've landed on an identity yet in terms of like one week we've got 30% possession, one week we've got 60%. Yeah, I it's still a bit like a up horses, and down, isn't it? I still think it's a bit. I don't think that's a horses for courses thing. I think we're just a bit inconsistent. I can see what he's trying to do, and and that's why I do think he's the right person. But I'm 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 not getting quite as excited as others just yet. But I'm I'm slowly going that way. But there's just still that little bit of nervousness with him in charge because he is a new manager. And if shit hits the fan in the first five games, are we going to be as lenient as we have been over the last four months? I think the fans think, will be. I don't trust the club to
1: be. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I think and I don't really I don't necessarily I I, I don't think he's done a bad job, but like there seems to be a lot of excitement around him. Whereas I think if he if Mick McCarthy had come in, if, if the roles had been reversed, if Mick McCarthy had been sacked, uh, if Steve Morrison had been sacked when Mick McCarthy was and Mick had come in and done the job that Steve Morrison had done, I don't think Mick McCarthy would be looked at as, as favourably. And I think Steve Morrison needs to take advantage of the good credit he's got because he's brought the youth through and he's come from the club. I think we're willing to be more lenient with him, whereas with the manager from the outside, at this point, we'd probably be saying maybe he's not the right man or maybe he's got a big summer ahead because he could be gone by September. I think the fans are along for the ride room, or in the large part, Whereas when McCarthy left, it was 100% against him. I think Morrison's got 80% of the fan base on his side and will do no matter what. And I think he, he, he I, I don't know if he necessarily realises that because sometimes he talks about the fans in slightly odd terms Yeah. Um, and says that they don't really know what they're watching, that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, he, he, he's bullish. It's, it's the way he is. But um, I don't know if he's necessarily, you know, is going to do him any favours in the long run. Is
0: um, he even going to thrive next year or he's going to self-destruct? And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I think, you know, we we, we talk about the summer, right? He's
1: got to replace... He's got to bring in sort of 15 players over the summer on low wages. Um, You know, like I said, we can do a whole episode about transfers when we know what's going on and everything else. You know, he talks bullishly about signings, but the summer dictates what happens next year because if he signs the wrong players we go into a season next year with a squad who aren't up for it and all of a sudden his job becomes twice as hard because he's got to gel a team together who might not be good enough and then he's he starts off, off on the back foot but either way Tom Ben a big summer are you excited or are you bricking it Ben both I think Ooh, is the best way excited poos um,
0: yeah excited nervous poos yeah, um, yeah squeaky yeah look it's interesting i think the club's got an opportunity here to really sort itself out and sort of pull itself out of this sort of downward spiral we've been in for a couple of years now Mm -hmm. but again it's the same issues it's not just the manager with this it's those above him i still don't trust the board and those in charge to make everything right and get the right everything right the way it needs to be Mm. And I'd still like to see a lot of change up there before I'd be entirely comfortable, entirely buzzing for another another season.
1: And Thomas,
2: yeah, I think interesting was the word that kind of sums it up, right? I think there's moments where I get really excited about it because Morrison seems excited by it as like if he's got some signings up his sleeve already. But then I kind of go back and go, Ah, oh, this might just be because he's arrogant and he's really believes in his own ability that he's going to oh he's just never signed a
1: footballer before
2: and thinks it's exciting
1: yeah exactly (laughs) but I
2: think what benefits us is seeing teams like Fulham and Bournemouth leave the division and Mm -hmm. from a footballing point of view for our benefit seeing Forest or Sheffield United would be better than say a Luton or Huddersfield disappearing because you're you're losing some of those teams with big budgets around us I think that'd be quite exciting because I think Burnley come down they'll capitulate for example, and I think we've got a better chance of being further up the league because there's not as many big dogs, and it is exciting, this rebuild, if we get it right, and I think almost the most interesting thing over the next year will be the build up to the season rather than the season itself, I think we'll start to see exactly what we, if we get a couple of big signings in through the door, early doors, get them a full pre-season, I'll be excited because even things like changing the kit, right, at the moment, because the season was so bad that is exciting. So, oh, what or oh, new balance? What are they gonna do? Yeah. Is it just gonna be a template? Are they gonna be bespoke? And it's like we are crying out for excitement. So this rebuild just anything it's got, it's got the potential yeah. to be brilliant for fans. Yeah. And if they get the engagement right with the sign-ins and stuff as well, we will be so on board by the time the season comes. And that that bit is exciting. But if we do get it wrong, it could be horrific. That 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 is. And that's the thing, right? It feels like it's either an ultimate high or an unbelievable low at the moment. Because if we can't get people through the door, because if I was a football player, how attractive a proposition are we? A rookie manager who haven't got a pot to piss in. You know,
0: it's... It depends uh, what stage you're at in your career. Yeah. If If you're a championship player coming into their prime, like you look at someone like Swift from Reading, who's a free agent and sort of looking for a new club, would be ideal in our midfield. If you're looking at that, and you look at Cardiff, who are the position we're in, or you're looking at someone like, say, Forest, stay down and sort of what they've done this season going forward, Forrest are a massively more interesting proposition because they're going to challenge for the top. They're going to be pushing for Premier League more, more likely than we are. Whereas if you look at a team like in the Premier League with the lone players, um, you look at what we've done with Doyle, you look at what we've done with Dur- uh, Cody Droma, um we're massively... Interesting prospect for them because they know they're going to play, and that's what they want is chant an opportunity to play. So that's where I think Morrison's done really well is sort of giving these young, these lone players a go and sort of stuck to his word and said, look, no matter what, if you come to us and play, and you're good enough, you'll play. So that sort of will be interesting because I think that's more likely where we can be doing our shopping than sort of bringing these free mid table championship I'd, i don't think i don't think we'll be looking at championship if if you if the the reports are to be believed that morrison's
1: dealing with a sort of 12 grand a player wage cap effectively we're going to be looking at league 1 and league 2 players again you know all of a sudden we're going to be looking at people like I, I was thinking this week, you know, Cole Stockton at Morecambe, for example, is being linked with, with Rotherham for sort of half a million quid. He would be the ideal profile for us. He's playing in a bad team and he scored 26 goals this season. Um, he's big, he's a lump, and he'd be very good for us. Harry McCurdy at Swindon, for example, he's got 20 goals this season, and they're all earning as players, they're earning three, four grand a week because they're at these smaller clubs already. So Morecambe to Cardiff is a big jump for them. But in reality, we're not we're not we're not shopping around people like Swift, we're not shopping around for Joe Rothwell, who's been released by Blackburn, he's going to Bournemouth anyway, but they're the players that spring to mind of all the releases already. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be a fascinating summer. Um, and I think it's going to be a fascinating summer for us as well on the podcast. Go on, Tom. You're going to say something? Before I was I going to say,
2: link. no, no I, think, um, I think you have a point there because we are sick of seeing players who used to earn big wages dropping yeah. down and playing for us. We, we don't want to see Bakunas. We, we don't want to see the... We want to see Etheridge's Mendes-Langs again they're the people we get behind, right? If we have someone who's come from the lower divisions with a point to prove, who starts to prove it, they are the players you want playing for your club. That's why it's potentially exciting. And I think that is exactly what we need. And I really hope it works because it'll be super enjoyable watching this. And it, it'll probably be quite exciting football along with it. So yeah, that, yeah, I think that's where the excitement
1: overweighs it. And the excitement doesn't stop on the podcast. Um, we've got some big name signings to announce ourselves. Um, ben, you're you're interviewing... Well. I mean you'll have interviewed him by the time this goes out uh, a former manager of ours tomorrow
0: yep uh, meeting the man himself neil warnock um, excited a nervous bit of both um yeah it's weird because he's such a big personality such a big character and yeah i'm really interested in to see what he's got to say um i'm looking forward to that it'll be fun
1: Yep, that'll be out on a podcast in the next couple of weeks you've also got a few other players lined up i won't give you names yet but they've been involved in some pretty big moments for the club. Both have been promoted with the club. Uh, Both were here during um, uh, Premier League seasons um and that's all the hints i'll give you at the moment but we've got a few interviews lined up and we'll be trying to line up more and it's been a funny season uh but this has probably been the best season on the podcast um thank you to everyone who's listened everyone who bought the shirt everyone who's bought stuff from our sponsors um it's really helped us kind of cover costs and and have a bit of a kind of um cushion for us because we don't you know as we say every week we don't you know we don't do this for the money we do this for the love um We've doubled our listeners and then some this season. We've had more people listening than ever before. Um, and, you know, I've been doing this. I I, I speak to myself when I say this, I started this 12 years ago. And the fact that I'm still sat here doing this is because we have people listening every week and people who, who engage with us. Um, I have to thank Ben and Tom um, for being, you know, co-hosts every week and, and coming along for the ride. It's, it's been a really enjoyable year on the podcast. There's some big changes happening to view from the Union over the summer that will be announced in the coming weeks, um, but nothing to get worried about. We'll still be here next season, Ben. Thank you for joining me again on this ride this year. And um, what's been your mm-hmm. favourite part of doing the podcast?
0: Getting to know you boys more, isn't it? Ah, oh, <laughs> here he is. Meeting See? up with the lads in London, having a couple of beers. That was great. It's all just been a really nice time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, nice, Tom.
2: Uh my favourite bit is being called up for doing wanker signs at away games. <laughs> so I've now, um, so <laughs> I've I've I've, learned I've got to rein it in.
1: Um, yeah. So it's been a bit a b- big year for me. Big year, you've grown up. You've grown up. Um you know, this this is the last one about the football last season, but we we'll, we'll be we'll be back over the summer with preview podcasts. Like I said, we'll be having interviews, we'll be looking at transfers, we'll be doing a special when the retainers list comes out. We've got Speaking to Warnock tomorrow, so that'll be a whole episode. We aren't going to be quiet this summer, but we'll be less involved because it's the summer and we'll be taking a bit of a break as well. So if you like what we do, get to our Twitter page, twitter.com forward slash VFTNinion. If you want to give us a bit of money, go to ko-fi.com forward slash VFTNinion. You can donate a little contribution there, however much you want. It just helps us with the running cost. Remember, buy our stuff from Manscaped. Go to the link tree on our Twitter profile for more information about that. And thank you once again for all the support. And we'll be back over the summer with more. See you then
0: They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty but they like to talk about Cardiff City it's the view from the nitty and with views from the
1: ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. I'm